You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow. Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if you told it. Hello? Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What is up? Hey, yo. This is the movie show. On your favorite podcasting oh. service. <laughs> yes, and radio station. Uh-huh. Active FM. Where music has never been better. <laughs> <laughs> Where radio has never been better. <laughs> I was at... Okay, Ryan. It's okay. There's a take two. Do you want to do it again? Yes. All right. Here we go. Take two go. of the intro of the movie show. In Action. three, two, one. On your favorite podcasting service and radio station. Yeah. Where radio has never been better. Nice. Nice. You don't write. Where Boom. radio has never been better. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Uh, it is a, no, not yet. Not yet. We've still got the, the rest of the show. Oh. Then, then you can say it's a wrap. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I am Sash. And my name is Ryan. And we are your hosts of The Movie Show. And today we are going to be doing a movie movie review on a 2015 film, actually, which is shocking. It's yep. six years old already. Yeah. But it's a very good film. It is called The Man from Uncle. Yes, I just said that. It is called The Man from Uncle. I now, think Guy Ritchie has fallen on our uh, top Directors. Good directors Definitely. list. When yeah. I hear Guy Ritchie, I'm like, oh, 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 and I know what to expect because there's a, a, a feel of movies yes. that he makes. You know that he's made it because of that specific touch. Yes, definitely. Now, if you were born or if you were alive in the 60s, I don't know if you were alive in the 60s. I unfortunately wasn't. But The Man from Uncle was actually a series. It was a TV series. It had four seasons. And it started in 1964. And the man from Uncle, it takes a look at the making of, um, basically it's, it's the whole story of these two Russian, not two Russian, one, it's one KGB secret service person and then one's CIA. And the two of them are put on this thing called the man from Uncle and they actually protect the world from destroying itself. In effect. So, Uncle is actually a synonym. Not a synonym. It is a... What is that word again? The thing where they take a long sentence and they put it into... Uh, uh, mix up a, a word. Abbreviate? No, it's not an abbreviation. It, <laughs> it's not... Because it's, it's where they take the first letter of every... Yes. Oh, whatever that thing is. So, it stands for the United Network Command for Law Enforcement. Yes. But now, what we're reviewing is not the drama series. We're reviewing the 2015 movie... Which was pretty cool because what Guy Ritchie did was he almost did an origin story. So I think what I've picked up from doing research is that the series version of it was like when it had already started and, you know, it's day-to-day work. Whereas with this film, this is actually like the origin story. So it looks instead at how the whole thing was created. The two guys got together. Yes. So in the beginning of the movie and for most of the movie, they're not necessarily working for Uncle, but by the end of the film, it's one of those where they like come and they say, all right, congratulations, you have passed the test, and you are officially part. It's like, you know, Avengers, the end of Avengers, he created Avengers. Yes, yeah, after a whole matter that had happened. Yes, 
and then they felt the need for the society or whatever to be society created. Society calls for a hero. Society calls for an uncle. For heroes. <laughs> Not for an uncle? Hero uncles. Hero <laughs> uncles, right? Yes. Hero uncles. So yes. all the uncles out there, you guys are heroes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the film was made in 2015 and it is an action comedy. Yes. It is an action comedy. You thought action and comedy does not go together. Actually, action and comedy goes together very well. Like, it, action and comedy is a very good combination. The budget for the film was 75 million US dollars, and the box office was 108.5 million US dollars. They didn't double those. So, generally, we look at were they able to literally double what they spent. Unfortunately, they weren't, which doesn't make sense because I just feel like it was a very good film. It really was a good film. It was. The director was Guy Ritchie. This guy is brilliant. I really enjoy Guy Ritchie's films. And they have a lot of well-known actors in it. So Henry Cavill's in it. If you don't know who he is, he is Superman. The ah. minute I saw the face on screen, I was like, wait, is that? Is <laughs> yes. that? Is that? He also acted in Enola Holmes. He was... He was Sherlock Holmes in Enola Holmes. And he's acted actually in quite... Henry Cavill's... He's around, men. He's he actually good. is quite good. Yeah. I was I was checking him in this movie, and I was just like, "This this guy's actually quite good." Yeah, yeah. He's actually got he's, he's got a very good presence on screen. Yeah. Then there's Army Hammer, which is also a very well known actor. However, I don't rate Army Hammer because Army Hammer acted in a movie with Timothy Chalamet, where basically they had a gay relationship. And I, by mistake, almost watched it because I didn't know what... Because you know how we don't want to know the storyline. So I'm like about to watch this movie. And then I looked at the poster and I was like, wait a minute, why does it look weird? What does... Why? Okay, so I went and searched the, the plot before. And I'm so glad I searched the plot before because I did not watch it after reading what goes on in that movie. Yes. And then we have Elizabeth De, De Becky who was in Tenant. She, she was in Tenant. And she was, she was the villain in this film, which is quite interesting. It's quite a contrast yep. to when she was in Tenant. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And then we have Hugh Grant. I feel like Hugh Grant likes Guy Ritchie. Oh, Guy Ritchie likes, likes Hugh, Hugh Grant. Grant. Either or, either but he was in it. And then there's Jared Harris, who is also quite a well-known actor. So the cast was very, very strong. And then there's also Alicia, sorry, Vikanda, I think that's how you say her name. And she played Gabby. She, I just realized, she played, what was that movie? Ah, Yes, that one. Do do you know which one I'm talking about? No clue. (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for you to say it. She played Laura, wasn't it Laura Croft? The new one. Are you talking about Tomb Raider? Yes, that was what it was called, right? The new, and isn't she a wrestler? Sure, this is what she's a wrestler. Yes, because the, the the chick that acted in in that film was, was a wrestler. Yeah. Yes, or or maybe she wasn't a wrestler. Maybe she was a martial arts, whatever. No, no I remember her being been. a wrestler. I'm gonna tell you now. The movie was Tomb Raider. It was Tomb Raider. So it was her. Yes. Wow. It was her. Serious. Yeah. So she's a Swedish actress. I just Dang. click now that it's her. I was like, I know her face. I just I didn't realize where I knew her face from. And it is from Tomb Raider. So this was also quite interesting because Tomb Raider was a completely different character to this film. In this film, she she was she had to act as a a very wealthy 
you know, upmarket, prim and proper, like that whole thing. So it's it's very different acting to what was in Tomb Raider. But all the for me, all the acting was very strong. And do you know that a lot of the actors didn't have their own, they, they had to all put on accents. So Henry Cavill is British. He had to put on an American accent. Army Hammer is, is he American. American? He had to put on a Russian accent. Alicia Vikand, Vikandus is Swedish. She had to put on a German accent. And then Elizabeth is British. And she also had to put on, was it a German accent? No, no, no. She stayed British, didn't she? She was she, British. She yeah. was British, yeah. And then Hugh Grant was also British. But between the three main characters, they all had to change accents. I found the, the, that um, Alicia, yes. she had more of a British accent, didn't she? She sounded more British than yeah. any German to me. That is true. But she was supposed to but, have a German but accent. wasn't she... Okay. Because he well, still found go. her in Germany, remember? He was in, because yeah. you know in the Cold War, uh, Berlin was split. There was West Berlin and East Berlin. And obviously the one side was communist and the other side was um, capitalist. And they, he, Henry Cavill's character had to go to the communist side to get her out of it. Which means she's she should have been German. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the acting was very strong. And the movie is quite enjoyable. They... they there is so much trivia on this film. Like, I went and searched. For real, eh? you, Normally, you have, like, a couple of things. You're like, oh, okay, cool. This one just carried on and on. And I was just like, okay, I, we only have a 30-minute show. I cannot put all of this in, but there is a lot of trivia. So, I think we should just get into it because, yes, there is there is a lot of interesting things to this movie. So, the first thing is, Henry Cavill's character is Napoleon Solo. Now, in the beginning of the film, there's a trick where he removes a tablecloth from a table while leaving all the objects undisturbed on the table. Do you know that that was done with no visual effects? He actually performed it himself, having been trained by a, having been trained in the trick by British variety star Matt Ricardo. So he did that. Serious? Yeah. Without any visual effects. I'm going to go into YouTube and find out how to do that, eh? Actually, and then we need to film you do it, Ryan. Yes. We definitely coming need to, up. Coming up. In the next show. Right. And then Henry Cavill and Army Hammer. So they, Army Hammer played the KGB agents and Henry Cavill played the CIA agents. They both often performed their own stunts. Hammer was more enthusiastic about his stunts to the point that he stunt double jokes that he hardly had a chance to do anything because he was out there doing it all by himself. And the stunts were crazy. If you yeah. watch behind the scenes footage, I was laughing because I'm, I'm just watching the behind the scenes footage and they, they really got them to do crazy things. And then at one point in the film, there's a whole truck that drives into like, what was it? Like a lake or was it a, a self, a human made? A lake. Yeah. What or, is, or like or a, a, a co- um, cargo? No, a bay, a harbor. ship, a harbor. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. They a harbor. literally drove this huge truck. Did they really do that? They really did that. I thought it looked fake. I was just like, oh, that's so fake. They did it. I was like, wow, they actually did. Like, plus they had explosions going off on a boat on the wall. I was just like, these guys are crazy. They're literally crazy. I had seen that scene somewhere else. Where were, I I remember while it was going, I'm like, wait, I feel like I've seen this already. And I know that they were talking specifically about, um, you know, the the focus was on uh, Henry, the, you know, Superman guy, right? Yeah, Napoleon Soto. Yeah, something about him. I think, 
I just can't remember. And I remember seeing that scene of him in it. And then when I watched this movie again, I was like, wait, this rings a bell. Have you not watched the movie? I then? haven't watched the movie before, no. I had seen parts of this movie, but I hadn't seen the full thing. And then I wanted to watch it fully because it's a good movie and you should watch it fully. So they did all of their stunts. Then Henry Cavill admitted that he was relieved not to have to do a shirtless scene in this movie. After a string of movies where he had to be in top shape because he had shirtless scenes in the film, Cavill said that he was glad to focus on his performance for once and not his physique, which he said took an enormous amount of work to present on screen. So if you wanted to see Henry Cavill shirtless, sorry, it's not going to happen in this film. (laughs) But the one thing that, and we know this with Guy Ritchie, was the suits that Henry Cavill wore. Like I was watching an interview where Army Hammer even was like, the suits that Henry Cavill gets to wear in this film, obviously because his character is about living the high life and you know looking your best. So the, his wardrobe really was amazing. And then Army Hammer watched The Man from Uncle from 1964, so the actual series, before starting production to prepare for his role. He was the only member of the cast to do so. So the only person that watched it was Army Hammer. The rest of it just decided to... Go in for it. You, you, didn't know, you don't know about the series, right? No, not until now. At yeah. Least. I think it's one of those where it's actually, it's just, it's too old. It's too old a series to, yeah, because, I mean, it was playing in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. And I, I did enjoy, though, that they kept it in the 60s because they could have actually, they could have made it a modern, more of a modern film or, like, done a reboot or something. But I actually really like the fact that they they kept it in the 60s. And one of the reasons the film stayed in the 60s time period was to allow it to have its own world, own reality, and own tone that would set it apart from films like the Bourne franchise and other recent spy thrillers which take place in a modern time period. So I think in 2015 when this film came out, there was a lot of like spy... Because, I mean, think about it. There was the Mission Impossibles, the James Bond, obviously the Bourne series, all of that. So this one's quite nice because it does stand by itself because they went with the 60s time period. Well, I thought it was quite a nice age to to put it in. I I definitely agree. If they had put it in a more modern... It it actually reminded me of, with Guy Ritchie, like... um, What was the other film we watched? The the, the Gentleman. Even I think the gentleman was more modern, modern. but they still had that very no, uh, the way that they dressed uh, and stuff like that. So when I watched this, this was also that very like gentleman feel. I mean, yeah. you, uh, the the character that um, Ami Abe plays, even with his hat yes. and the way that they dressed, and um, yeah, for for me it was it was quite yeah, nice. Was you good. know what I mean? And the locations were amazing. I know they did film a lot of it in a soundstage in London, but they also did go to Italy. And filmed at a lot of well-known places. So nothing in Berlin, right? I don't actually think they went to Berlin. They, when I read up, the two filming locations was London, the UK, and Italy. So I think between that, but they said they filmed on the largest soundstage in London. So I think a lot of it was done on a soundstage, but Uh, it was the largest soundstage in London. Okay. um, Well, according to Wikipedia, two locations stood in place for. uh, Okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. Wow, that's quite interesting. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm, I'm sure it's quite an easy... Um, yeah, I mean, there's that gap. So, you know, with yeah, set but extensions. The, the Italian's locations were beautiful. Yeah. They really were stunning. Because I think a majority was there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah a lot of it Italy. was. Yeah. I had to sort of think to myself, wait, where are they again? Because um, obviously with the whole thing that, well, that, that came to my mind. Now, obviously, this is, you know, taking note that I 
know a little bit about uh, the whole history with the Berlin. I know that there were the two um, east and west, right? Yeah, and and then Berlin. the one side was very poor, so that's why, it was, that's why there was a lot of separation because the one side was left absolutely poor after the war and the other side was like quite well off. And you can see how they tried to get from the one side to, you know, to the other yeah. side and the whole method and stuff like that. So when I saw that, um, obviously they had dressed her up, she had to be married, you know, all yeah. that type of stuff, which gave a reason as to why she was there. She couldn't mm. just be there. I think a lot of people would suspect. But I don't know if you noticed that even the way that um, the way the actress, her name is, Alicia, Alicia yeah. acted, uh, I got the feel of she was in these like rich clothes, but it was this like sort of like, although she was a mechanic, so yeah. I guess that kind of explains that as well. She was a mechanic but in She stayed clothing. in that, even the way she like, she stood, there was even the, 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 the one part where she was at the car racing track, she's yeah. like, did you wada wada wada, or can you fix it? Hmm, okay. <laughs> she's even with the head, but the, even the, the, the way she kept her like her poses and the way she was yeah. walking on the heels, she's like, what the hell, you know, type of thing. That, that for me was, uh, yeah, yeah, very well. Now get this, right? <laughs> the amount of times the casting on this film is crazy. So, Tom Cruise was cast as Napoleon Solo, who, it was Henry Cavill's character. But he chose to focus instead on Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which came out in 2015. So, he dropped out. Henry Cavill, who was at first considered for the role that Army Hammer played, so the KGB, um, what's it called? Secret Agents. The Rush. Yeah. Yes. So, he, he, was, he was first considered for that role, and he actually auditioned for that role. And then later on, Cavill would go star in Mission Impossible Fallout in 2018 alongside Tom Cruise. So Henry Cavill has also been in Mission Impossible. And then also on top of that, the people that were considered to play Napoleon Solo, whose role eventually did go to Henry Cavill, they considered Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They Ah. considered Ryan Gosling. I'm glad they didn't go with him. They They considered Alexander Skarsgård. They considered Robert Patterson. They considered Matt Damon, Christian Bale. They considered Bradley Cooper, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Russell Crowe, Chris Pine, Ryan Reynolds. We're all considered, amongst other people, for the role of Henry Cavill. You know what's quite weird is that when you think of someone like Tom Cruise or even Leonardo DiCaprio, for me it feels like too much of a strong actor for yeah. the position. And that's not a bad thing. It's, I think, it, I mean, when this guy first comes on the scene... Uh, my reaction would have been to Tom Cruise was, ah, this is the hero. This is the yeah. guy. But, but then it would have felt like Mission Impossible. You see? Exactly. Yeah. Even with, uh, you know, with any other actor. So, I, I mean, I don't think I've seen this guy anywhere else. I mean, I was even like, ah, this guy must really be Russian type of thing. But, uh. No, that was for the, the CIA, so the Napoleon Solo, so he oh, yes. Cavill's character. Oh, yeah. uh, oh yes, the other guy. His yes. Role, yes. Yeah. Still, yeah. But I feel like they would have brought something. I like what he something did with else the role, in yeah. it. Yes, yeah. I like it. I like what yes. he did with the role. He yeah, was, that's what I'm saying. He was very sure of himself, and he said it was the first time he had ever done like because this was an action comedy, and and Guy Ritchie has a very good way of bringing across the co- the comedy aspect of it. I think he said it was his first time doing this type of comedy action role. comedy yeah. side. But I think he did it very well. He was very sure of himself, but he. It was something different. I'm glad they didn't actually go with the the others because, like, Ryan Reynolds would have been able to pull off the comedy part, but, I mean, we've seen Ryan Reynolds in, in roles like this. So yeah, it was nice to see something different. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. And then for the, the, the KGB role, 
So Henry Cavill auditioned for that role, but they didn't give it to him. He obviously got Napoleon Solo, and they gave Army Hammer the role. But do you know who also auditioned for the KGB role? Who? Joel Edgerton, who is the guy who wrote... Yes. Uh, what was it called? The King. Yes. He yes. He The King with Timothy Chalamet, and then he played... His name was Sir John, right? Yes. So he wrote the script and played Sir John yeah, in, that's right. in The King. He also auditioned for the KGB role. I'm trying to imagine, just imagine putting Henry, because you would have had a Russian accent if you went for the, the, the KGB, yeah, he right? would have, which we haven't heard. Can you imagine? I feel like I would have liked to have seen yeah, like, just a snippet just of Just out it. of interest. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's some interviews online or, you know, auditions or something like right. that. Him acting as a, as a Russian. Yeah. Quite interesting. Which is pretty cool. Now, the TV series, The Man from Uncle, which is from 1964, was partially developed by Ian Fleming. Now, Ian Fleming is the creator of James Bond. So, he partially developed also The Man from Uncle. The, now, Napoleon Solo had started out as a character in Fleming's novel, Goldfinger. So, that character actually started out in James Bond oh, sure. when, he, when he started it. And so, in homage... Uh, in this film, Alexander Waverley is a commander in the British Naval Intelligence, which is the same rank that James Bond holds, which I thought was, okay. was pretty cool. Now, this is also cool, the way they linked it up also with James Bond. So the suits that Henry Cavill wears as Napoleon Solo were created by the re renowned, renowned British tailor, Timothy Everest, who has also worked on James Bond and Mission Impossible films. Solo suits feature unique details such as covered buttons and squared or front edges that were referenced in the late 1960s. During one of his costume fittings at the Ever at Everest shop, Henry Cavill accidentally broke the change room door off its hinges. The staff kept it as a memento of the time that Superman broke their door. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Because obviously Henry Cavill plays Superman. Shame. Superman. I want, he must have felt so bad. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> I wonder what he yeah. did though. Did he like hit uh, it open? Should I? Should, uh, should I put it? Uh, sorry. Um. <laughs> Hopefully, he had clothes on when it happened. Yeah, I'm sure he was making an exit. Yes, let's just hope. He was like, "What do you guys?" Do? <laughs> <gasps> I'm so sorry. I can. I can um, pay for that. <laughs> does it fit? Yeah, no, we'll put it on just with hinges. No, I mean the suit. <laughs> they framed suit the door. The time Superman broke our door. Yes. Yeah, that is something to remember, though. So, director Guy Ritchie looked at films such as uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which is from 1969, for inspiration. And he tried to create a juxtaposition between humor and seriousness, attempting to cross genres to a degree. And I think he did yeah. it very, very well. Well, there, there was that juxtaposition. I enjoyed the relationship between the two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And there definitely was the humor and the seriousness. And you can say that he crossed action and comedy. This film is basically he two does different that. genres. He, he actually yeah. And I mean, we look at the, 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 the movie, The Gentleman, right? Yeah. And there, it, it wasn't like in this, obviously, it, the, the action and the, the scenes were quite light. Yeah, they were. Action. But you look at The Gentleman, they, they, they were quite heavy, but they were still... You're still laughing, yeah. You, you're laughing. The guy's <laughs> fingers are getting cut off and you're laughing with what they're saying while, you know, it's happening. E.G., you know. My favorite scene, I think, in the movie is when Army Hammer's character gets stuck on the boat and he's being chased around. 
Oh yes. And Henry Cavill gets into a truck and finds food. And he's enjoying and it. And he has a whole dinner, like literally, and the music that plays, and in the background you just see Army Hammer the being boats. chased around. I was finished. That that and the that fire. finished me. It was brilliant. That scene was that scene was brilliant. Also, the starting scene, the start of the film was so good. You know when you. I remember I watched the trailer as well because I wanted to. I was looking for a good film to watch, and I didn't want to, you know, watch a film and halfway through you have to stop it or it's not that good. I remember they start the trailer off like that as well, and I literally, after watching just that, I stopped the trailer. Maybe and that's like, what I saw. Maybe it was the trailer that I'm I watched. I'm watching this because this looks, but the start of the movie as well. It's but I feel like Guy Ritchie's very good at that as well. The way he starts his films are. You're, you're, you're caught from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is. Yeah. yeah. So, David Beckham, did you know he made a cameo appearance as a projectionist in the, at the beginning of the film when the KGB agent is being briefed about Solo? I didn't see that. I actually missed that. But David Beckham makes a cameo in the film. Ryan right now is going to look for him. Why would they do that? <laughs> Maybe da- like David Beckham. Brady loves Guy Ritchie, and he was yeah, like, dude, just, just let bumped, me cameo once. They probably bumped into each other, then it was like, hey man, you should really put me in one of your movies. Right. And Hugh Grant actually said, this is what he said, so you know how we had that whole thing of, we don't know if Hugh Grant likes Guy Ritchie or if Guy Ritchie likes Hugh Grant. Well, this is what Hugh Grant says. I've always liked Guy Ritchie's films and thought they were quite hip, and I'm not sure I've ever done anything remotely hip, so that was part of the appeal. Plus, I have an uncle who was a spy, and I've always been fascinated by that world, so I thought there might be a little fun to be had. So, Hugh Grant thinks Guy Ritchie is hip, and he feels <laughs> that he's never done anything hip. Ryan, there is a film. Oh, my goodness, Ryan. There is a film with, with Hugh Grant. What was it called? This film, it's with Drew Barrymore in it. In fact, let me get the name for it. Ryan, you have to watch this film. In fact, anyone, you need to go watch this film. You can't act as a musician, and he even sings in the film. And wow. <laughs> the song that they sing is so stupid. But after watching the film, I had the song stuck in my head. The one morning I woke up singing the stupid song. It's called Music and Lyrics. It's a 2007 film called Music and Lyrics. It's with Drew Barrymore. So he's a, he's a, he's a pop star in the 80s. And then what happens is... He grows up and obviously get, becomes a has-been. And now he's trying to remake. Ryan, you have to go watch that film. It's called Music and Lyrics. I'm just thinking now because he said he's never done anything hip. And I'm like, but he did that film. That film wasn't hip. That, that film was more cringe, I suppose. But, yeah, you must go watch that film, Ryan. It's called okay. Music and Lyrics. Yeah. Now, this is quite interesting. So, David. Sorry. I'm saying that again to the editor. This is quite interesting. So Guy Ritchie was not actually the, the original director of the film. He wasn't the first option. The original director was supposed to be Steven Soderbergh. So he was originally going di- to direct, but he exited the project over casting concerns and disagreements with the studio about the budget. So that's obviously why casting was so weird. Because, I mean, normally you don't hear about so many people that have been considered for roles. But obviously, that this is the whole thing. Now, I actually went to check what film Steven Soderbergh directed. He directed Contagion. He directed okay. Ocean's 8. He directed The Report. 
He also directed, which I haven't watched and will never watch, Magic Mike. So both the first and the second one. But those are the the films that he's. There's there's tons others. I just picked the kind of the the most well known. But he was originally actually supposed to direct, and then he stepped out because he didn't agree with casting um, placement. Serious. Yeah, and budget. And then when okay. he, but when he was still attached as director. George Clooney was cast as Napoleon Solo. Clooney dropped out of the project in August 2011 due to health problems he was experiencing at the time. And uh, Steven Soderbergh followed three months later. So they actually had, for for what they went through, they, they were very successful. Because often when, when this happens with films, you it kind of you can see it and it it flops. The, I mean, we've seen that many times yes. when there's production issues with either director, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it does come through and it, it affects them. Whereas with this, I'd say the only thing maybe it affected, I don't know, but maybe it was the budget. Not that they, I mean, they didn't make a loss, but obviously they didn't. We normally like to see them double or even triple. Quadruple, yeah. Yeah, and if they quadruple, you're like, wow. So yeah, but. Eventually, I'm glad it was given to Guy Ritchie, though. I think he did with it what no one else could have done with it because he is Guy Ritchie. Do you think the time, uh, the, the the time era that this whole, that took place in the story? Do you think that would have been the same? It might not have been. I think that was Guy. I could be wrong, but I personally feel that was Guy Ritchie's call. Yeah. So would we say that Guy Ritchie was second choice? As in, that they said, okay, look, if you can't get it, who else can we do? What about Guy Ritchie? Yes. Wait, why didn't we think of him in the first yeah. place? Uh, so he wasn't the second choice. He was actually... All right, there you go. <laughs> no, you have plan A, and then you have plan... Boom. Premium. <laughs> maybe they asked him first, and he said, look, I'm doing this, and like, okay, fine. And then he came back, look, you, you have to do this movie, mate. Come on, please. Like, you know what? I was actually thinking about it, and I'm glad you came back to me. Or maybe they phoned him, and they said, look, how are we going to get this other guy off it? I know, I'll phone him, and I'll say, <laughs> what I want to, and then... <laughs> he doesn't want... Well, Henry he wants to change in costing. Ah, there it is. There, there. we go. And, and drop the budget side. <laughs> yes. Let's make him leave. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You really never know. And this was also Guy Ritchie's first film shot entirely on digital cameras. You know, there was something about this film and the digital, the, the cinematography that was just absolutely amazing. No, this film, this film is really a good, this is, you know, you get good quality films. You know how we've been complaining that you don't get films like this anymore. This this film was good. This was a yes. all-round script, brilliant acting, brilliant cinematography, stunning casting, brilliant set design, amazing uh, clothing, costume. Obviously, it's Guy Ritchie. He'd obviously make sure it's like you know it's the weird. The clothing though. brands. Yes, but you know it's weird. Remember how with the gentleman? I remember watching interviews with uh, Matthew McConaughey and all of them. How they and they all commented on Guy Ritchie's style. When I was watching behind-the-scenes footage of this film, he, he wasn't dressed like he was dressed in The Gentleman. He actually looked at... I was still like, wait, that's Guy Ritchie. That, that is Guy Ritchie. Why doesn't he look like... Because I remember they, them still saying when they were filming, he'd, he'd change halfway through the day just for the sake of, it's now time to change into another outfit. Not because I dirtied my top or anything, just because we change into something second outfit. Something different. Something <laughs> yeah. new, yeah. <laughs> so, and then... This was the first time that Army Hammer had to do a Russian accent. He actually did say that it wasn't effortless. He didn't find it effortless, but he said that there was a dialect coach on set to actually help them out 
a lot, like uh, a lot. I think what helps him is uh, they. So in 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 the Russian language itself, you don't get. I don't know what they're called. You know, a and Conju- also not conjunctions. It is sort of. It's it, not. There's another word for it's it. It's like the joining words. Yes. Joining two words together. Now in Russian, they don't get that. So when you heard him talk, it was a lot straightforward. Yeah. You know, tell him go, <laughs> come, come. We move. Stop that or I kill. You know, it's that. But he was very of, good at it. He was. He really was. His good voice at was show. very deep. He spoke very. No, that guy deep. has a deep voice. And is you it? Know how tall he is. It doesn't come across in I the film. I noticed the tallness. Do you know? So Henry Cavill, I think he's six point one, right? Elizabeth, who's the the the, the actress from Tenants, is six point three. She's tall. She's tall. Yeah. So she's taller than Henry Cavill. And then Army Hammer is six point five, so he's taller than her. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I, I picked it up in a couple of shots. I was like, okay, that guy's pretty tall. Did you pick it up? Yeah, I didn't pick it up for so. After watching, after knowing that, and looking at the behind the scenes footage, footage, I was then like, oh, okay. And I think I still saw a photo with the the like the main actors, and Them I was together. Like, oh, sure, she. Yeah. There was the scene where he goes into the bathroom at the, I, I think it's the horse racing yes, place. Yes. And there are those three guys, guys in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, when he closes the door and he turns around, you notice he's, he's like, he's, he's, tall. he's tall. He's very tall. Yeah, obviously, I think the camera angle would have been like a more lower shot yeah. looking up. But I, I, I was just like, and I think that was, yeah, that wasn't the, yeah. the, the only shot. I think there was um, them, uh, him and the, what is her name, Alicia. Yes, when, shape, it, she's very yeah, short. Okay, she was like super short. But maybe she's but not yeah. short. Maybe it's just that. It, maybe it's maybe him that's, that's tall. Ah. Maybe I perceived her as short next to because him, but it's tall. actually not. She's normal yeah. height, and he's just extremely tall. It's quite funny what camera can do. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's difficult to yeah. And she was always standing on tables whenever they were speaking. It did that's you know? True. There was like a couple of times where she was standing on the table, and yeah. And then the last piece of trivia. There's so much more trivia on this film. So if you if you if you want to get more on the film, just go to watch the film. Then watch the web. <laughs> nice, right? But the last thing is so Elizabeth, her character, she's the villain, but her hair. That I mean, in Tenant, she had short, short, short hair, and I think she naturally does keep her hair shorter. I mean, there was one interview where she she didn't have a bob; it was shorter than a bob. But she literally said that throughout the film, she carried around. 10 kgs of hair. They added like 10 kgs of hair to her head. <laughs> but I mean, you could see those were extensions and off. Like literally, they were. it was dramatic. But Do you think it gave her character like weight? Like more she was very good with her character though. She literally she was, was a psychopath. I think oh, she was goodness. the right actor. She was. And she was so, I thought she was so good because in Tenant, she honestly is a victim. I don't know. And that was the role she was supposed to play. Andre. Yes. By the end of the film, she just wants revenge. But she's a victim for most of now the there's film. The word I'm, now, there's the word we've been waiting for. All right. Yeah, then she like goes about something about... In this one, she's Don't pretend just, like we don't know what you two are up to. Right? No, in this one, and she... And replaced the right lenses. I was like, at that point, I'm like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> wait, is that her father? Wait, oh, wait, yes, she comes. In. Oh, wait, does she not know? No, she knows. Okay, where are they going? Oh, no, he died. No, why? <laughs> why does he have to die? Does she know? <laughs> Oh, she's over there. <laughs> this no, but this film was very good. I know, Ryan. You said you're gonna watch it again with your family. Yes, I'll be. It is my Saturday movie. 
I up. happen to watch this film. In fact, this do you know this is the film I watched on the 31st of December 2020. Okay. This was the film that was chosen to end off 2020. In a good mood, right? And it was it was very good, yes. But I actually want to watch it again. It's one of those I've been wanting to watch The Gentleman again as well for a while now. So I think this needs to go on my list of rewatch watches rewatches. Yes. That, that's not a word. There is one specific sequence that was so brilliant the, the way that it was shot i don't know how they did it i was trying to look up some tips and tricks or whatever how they did it there was the scene where they were chasing uh in, in you know outside whatever up that valley you know they, they were chasing each other towards the end the way that it was shot and the way that they cut shots together true, i was just like wow what the heck is going on right now yeah. because like it's almost like they had a long shot and then um, they almost zoomed it, and then it would it would almost like sort of do this like sort of blur cut into a close up of mm, the person. Mm. Then it would like zoom out. It really gave you such a good perspective of what was going on in this entire chase because there was so much going on. They have the people in the front with the jeep, and they've got the bomb in the back. Supposedly, you need to watch the movie if you know what I'm talking about. And then there's a Superman dude in this cool buggy thing. Yes. And I like the way he chooses his buggy. Like, whoa, whoa, oh, cool. And then he just like <laughs> goes for it. And then you've got uh, the Russian dude and he's like on the motorbike. And they kept the viewer so well like yeah, together. True. You knew exactly what was going on. Who you? I didn't feel lost. No. But the way they cut the... There's even the one shot at the end where the motorbike like starts uh, driving like up the hill into bushes. And they cut shot that into a long shot over the trees and ah, I was just like I just sat there I'm like this is brilliant I've never yeah. like I haven't even seen stuff like this on Avengers or anything like that no the sequences it were was good. I would love to know whose idea that was and how they did it and who's responsible for such beautiful <laughs> work <laughs> no honestly I was just like wow this is so what I mean this is this is done so well I, you know they could have just done a normal chase yeah, scene they could have, yeah. shot but um there's the one shot that I was looking at now. Just, just, just have a nice look at it. And this is what I was talking about with the digital photography. Um, uh, they're in the car there, and then there's the their follower that's next in their tail. Yes. If you know what I'm saying, the tail. It's not like their tail. It's the people that are following, following them. them. Yeah. And he reaches down for the for the for his. I think his 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 gears. Yeah, his, his gear changer. But if you look at the shot, like just take it. If you've got a Mac and you've got quick time, you know you can slide back and yeah. forth. Just have a look at that. Just, ah, it, it's just, it's, it's beauty. Yeah. yeah, it was really shot so well. Like, yeah. it's just tasty. Mm. No, this film, it is really, it's worth a watch. You will enjoy it. It's action, it's comedy, it's Guy Ritchie, it's everything that we could want in a 1960s spy film. Literally, it's brilliant. So go check it out. It is The Man from Uncle, the 2015 version. They very possibly actually could do a sequel. I never actually searched that. But they very well could do a sequel for the film. Because the way they ended it was like, we could start a film franchise. We don't know right? if they will, but they could. Yeah. Oh, get this. The same cinematographer did Doctor Strange in the oh. multi vault Multiverse of Madness. So we've, we're going to see more of his work coming up. How cool is that? Oh, that is very cool. Yeah, he did Logan. He could, did, okay, King Arthur. I don't think I've seen that. X-Men first. King but, Arthur looks good. Ryan, I don't see? know why we haven't watched that film. Okay. Coming soon on the movie show. King Arthur featuring cinematographer John Matthewson. Son. <laughs> there you go. He's from England and he's part of the British Society of Cinematographers. BAFTA, just in case you want to know. He's British, so we accept him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this has been the Man from Uncle movie review. 
it is it is worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. In fact, go watch it now. I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> Not now. Not right now. Not right now, uh, but you will watch it again. Yes, I'm yeah. watching it in two days' time. Mm-hmm. Saturday? Yes. Mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday. Yes. Two days and time. I would just like to mention that for the past few movie shows, we have been doing movie reviews. It's been on a whole lot of different films, so like from different time periods, but they've all been very, very good films. So if you don't know what to watch, if you're kind of stuck, because there are films coming out at the moment, but it's still a bit slow because it's the beginning of the year, go and listen to our previous movie shows because we, we the, I, I think for the past five or six shows now, I do, you, I, Ryan, if you disagree with me, you are more than welcome to object. But for like the past five or six films that we've reviewed, they really are good films. Like they, they really are worth the watch. And what I love about, I, I don't know if you're this kind of movie person. I'm that kind of movie person. I like watching something I have no clue yeah. about. Yeah. Not something. Ah, uh, we're gonna watch this. It's part of that, you know, franchise again. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, it's been movies that you like. Huh? Seriously? Did the, was this movie even in the cinema? Yes. Yeah. Apparently, goes. Ah, oh, I missed it. Watch it. Wow, that was so good. Not something you like. Okay. Yeah, it's part of the Lion King. Let me guess. There's a lion, and <laughs> she's fighting his brother, and his son is next to King. You know kind of stuff so that has been our couple movies that we've yes. been watching so you definitely if you're bored and you want to watch something new boom there you go yeah and you don't have to be bored just watch it because they're good yes they really are good. don't be bored yeah don't mm. be bored be go pla- watch be plastic flexible <laughs> not a board hard board you know so you know some plastic's plastic. not flexible right i'm talking about the flexible, the flexible kind <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking about the type you can <laughs> crumble up and Pull it straight again. You can be like, Wait, oh, I like those rulers. Remember those rulers? <laughs> I hated those rulers because I felt like they weren't right? straight. Hey, guys, look. <laughs> look at my ruler. It doesn't bend. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wait, that's not my ruler. Hang on. Where's my ruler? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, that, that's my ruler. Now you owe me a ruler. I'll get you a non-bend. I'll get you, get you a bendable one. <laughs> so this has been the movie show until, right here on Active Affirm. Until next time. Mm-hmm. From myself, Sash. And I, Ryan. Peace out. And Cheers. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Twitter and Twitter at ActiveFM. Instagram at ActiveFM777. And Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.